For more than the past year, we've been telling kids that to be close to each other is dangerous, literally. And now it's time to start reintegrating back to school, sports, and activities, but it's not as smooth or seamless as we might think. There's a lot going on. On top of that, kids today are growing up in a world where cell phone use and screens is ubiquitous. It's everywhere, all the time. Face-to-face -face socialization has been on the decline for years. There's a lot for concern. And the primary way teenagers grow is through healthy peer relationships. They learn about themselves and how the world works. And what's most important in life is they journey together, shoulder to shoulder and face to face. But when a lot of kids are carrying heightened anxiety about being together, and fewer kids in general have any adept social skills, it's time for us to rethink how we support kids in building those relationships. So welcome to our limited podcast series on social reintegration where we interview educators and practitioners to discover best practices and common sense tools for anyone who has a kid in their life. Welcome to the U School. All right, Alani, thank you for being on the U School podcast. We became, we've, we're like, we're COVID friends. We're quarantine friends. Yeah. We've never met in real life, but it's been since within the last year, you and I got to know each other. And I just want to give people like a quick download of, who you are, what you're doing. Sure, um, so I'm an East Coast girl. Um, <laughs> and uh, really my heart is just to serve and to encourage our youth in any capacity that I can mm -hmm. do that and help families to really tap in into the potential of the wealth that comes within relationships um, and just having an open heart to receive the good things that are coming around you. And so that's really my heartbeat. Um, and I'm able to do that as director of school counseling at Lakeway Christian Schools. Been here for three years, um, mm. husband, and we just are dedicated to building others up and giving back. Um, and so that's that's the nuts and bolts of yeah. who I am. And your, it's like kind of a, a team effort too. Your husband is working with kids too. Absolutely, yeah. He, so he is the uh, varsity basketball um, coach and he's had a stellar career um, and that's that's what led us to being at Lakeway. He uh, has had over like 20 plus years of coaching and has been able mm. to develop and help um, build men up to mm. to pursue their dreams and to go on to the collegiate level and anything beyond that they mm. their heart desire. And so um, we moved from Virginia to be part of Tennessee and help start the school up here. And um, so we're we're definitely in this together, but we're part of a wonderful community that has really mm. embraced us and and just have that same heart of just really nurturing and developing our our leaders for tomorrow and mm. being committed to that you as a as a school counselor at a school that's been much more open than schools in other parts of the country you you get to see a lot of the behind the scenes stuff uh you get to know about families and a lot of times i think administrators and teachers they get to know that stuff when there's a crisis or there's a big problem. Um, and obviously that comes across your desk and into your office, but you get to see every student and what they're dealing with. We're trying to focus this conversation on social reintegration, kids coming back to spend time face to face when they've been receiving the very clear message. If you do that, you're in danger. Yeah. And now we're saying, do that. You're not in danger anymore. We don't think. Right. Uh, so what sort of, what sort of trends for better and for worse have you been seeing with students as sure. it relates to being around each other? Yeah, so there's actually, I kind of seen two different camps with that. 
um, the ones who are just antsy and like, yes, I'm free. Yeah. <laughs> I yeah. can get out and I can do things and, <laughs> and, and just being so excited and just head on ready to go. Just like mm. bursting at the seams. Um, and so just being able to bottle that, it has been really exciting and, and just liberating for the kids. Um, and then you also have students who do have that social anxiety of what does this look like for me now? You yeah. know, I know that I've missed social interaction, being with my friends, because nothing can quite substitute human interaction. You know, mm. technology is great, but there's also that piece of reframing your mindset of what are the do's and don'ts and how can I mm. overcome all the barriers in terms of us purposely saying, you know, we don't need to be around others. And yeah. so first, it really is about having those conversations um, at home and, and with your friends and just being honest and genuine about that, being able to voice that and, mm. and recognize it so that you can then maneuver through what are the proper steps and, and having a community. So parents being able to talk to teachers or mm. um, school counselors or administrators say, hey, this is something that I know my child is having difficulty with. And then yeah. being, just being proactive with that. Um, but really first it just, it has a, what message are parents sending to, mm. with, to their child? Um, because sometimes our kids can even take on our fears and it's not even necessarily yes. their own. Yeah. Um, and so the first step is really as a parent or an adult mm. is where do I stand on this? Mm. You know? And then how mm. am I translating that out? Um, and hmm. it's okay to voice, hey, you know what, I, I am a little scared. I am a little um, anxious about that because then that gives a student the liberty to be able to say, you know what, me too. Hmm. And then let's talk about how can we work together in supporting and hmm. building it up versus saying stuck in that um, mindset, but more so having a solution-oriented um, place. And so as our school has been in person for a while, really just having those conversations um, and being genuine in that has been so, so helpful and validating those feelings and letting them know that's okay. We're yeah. in this together yeah. and it may take time um, and it may not come at once and that's all right. You, you can go the pace in terms of what feels most comfortable for mm. you and then continuing to build those, um, those conversations and not just yeah. leaving it at a one-time deal Right. continuing to have check-ins. One thing you said that I think was a new thought to me, if you've got a kid, and let me just check with you, if you've got a kid that's anxious to go back to school and be around friends and would much rather stay at home, or I can remember, I can remember a few times pretending to be sick to my yeah. parents to not, because I was anxious about stuff and I didn't know how to say it, but you're saying it would be helpful for parents to make, make a connection, make a call, send an email, to their counselor. Yeah, okay. absolutely. One of the things that we've done here is just even allowing students to come on campus before everyone mm. else came as together as one. Yeah. So being able to take a tour, being able to make a connect point mm. with someone and say, okay, this is your safe space. So yeah. if you're feeling overwhelmed in the classroom or in the mm. hallways, um, first identifying what are those, what does that look like for you? How do you yeah. feel that in your body? What thoughts come to your mind? So that that way you you can communicate that prior to having a full out, I'm hiding in the bathroom because I'm yeah, scared. Totally. Yeah. 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 
I did that a little bit freshman year in high school. Mm-hmm. That was before yeah. that was before COVID. That was before cell phones. Yeah. Well, so then being together, kids are being together. What what sorts of tips or advice do you give students when they're when they're face to face with each other? A lot of times I tell them that you are not the only person who feels the way that you're feeling right now. Awesome. Yep. That there's someone else who is right there with you. And mm. um and and that again, this is something that we have to reshift our mentality because it's all not necessarily it's been like a me mentality. Yeah. But recreating that that community and that atmosphere of um being able to enjoy what we do have now Hmm. and looking at that is not so much of a barrier but a gift and i think that's one of the good things out of covid is that we recognize we miss being around others yeah you know so even being able to reflect back on what's a good time that you can recall that you enjoy being around Hmm. others you know and and working and navigating it from that space and say okay in my head, that's my safe yeah. space. And then I can move forward from there. Because I think that enables a kid to push through whatever that anxiety might feel like in their body at the time. And mm-hmm. to, to almost like that's the vision. Right. As you're saying, recall, remember, what was that like? And then that can serve as a compass. Well, I, I want that again. Mm-hmm. Right now it feels hard or scary. Um, but that can help me have the, whether it's the courage or the gumption or the resistance to kind of keep going, putting yourself out there. Right. Um, what, maybe a, a quick word to teachers. What do you, what's your advice to teachers? Um, how do you just kind of navigate that? And, and because so, social connection is so important. So one of the things that I always say, it first starts with you, you know, yeah. um, really doing a heart check um, of like, okay, again, where do I stand? And yeah. knowing that there are going to be so many different variables that are still going to be unknown coming back. So giving your, being patient with yourself and being patient with your students and families mm-hmm. and, and knowing that you don't have to necessarily go through a checklist of things, but just being present, really yeah. just seeking to make that connection um, and giving margin to yourself to mm to be able to be present. So like prior to us even having um, this call, I, you know, I always take like five minutes before any of my appointments yeah. just to be still, mm. just to really be able to say, okay, Lonnie, what's going on in your head and in your mind, yeah. giving my body the time to relax before the mm. next thing that I have to go to. Wow. And I know sometimes that can be difficult to, when you, you have a yeah. room full of 25 plus kids, yeah. but even a, able to model that for your students yeah. Say, so, you know what, you guys, we're just going to take a minute to pause yeah. and just to breathe and relax and calm ourselves and then move forward to the next thing that we're doing or conversation. Mm. And that state of peace really helps to regulate mm. whatever is to follow from there. Yeah. Yeah. I know, I know a teacher that does that and has been doing that for years, starting with a minute, then two, then five, and then 10. <clears throat> and I remember asking him, why do you do that? And, he, and he's like, well, I need it, number one. Yeah. And then number two, he's like, you can just probably see the difference. I went and watched him lead this mindful meditation exercise. And he, he just said, just pay attention to like the, almost the temperature or the energy level on the way in. And then afterward, finish that. And you could, you could, I mean, it's, a, it's night and day. Yeah. And, and imagining, because I think it's interesting to have this conversation around COVID and social anxiety and reintegration. 
these are conversations that that we've needed to have and have been having pre-COVID, but now it's almost like through this lens, it makes it makes the most sense because social anxiety is everywhere. So yeah. imagine yourself going between chemistry class and English class, and you got five minutes or 10 minutes. Just imagine if you can remember that time of what that was like to be a kid and to walk through and try to find where my friends, right. is anyone looking at the pimple I've got today? Exactly. Um, and my mom didn't iron my shirt today, so I feel embarrassed about that. You, I mean, it's just, there's so much stuff that comes and comes and comes, mm -hmm. and then you're supposed to now be present right. in English class. Exactly. So what if you had a minute, 30 seconds even, for everyone collectively to take a couple deep breaths? Mm -hmm. And what does that do from a brain standpoint? What does that do from a social standpoint? And that's that's not just for homeroom. That's not just for maybe a chapel at your school. That's that's potentially for every school or every class in every school. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that it's really important that we start to instill that in our youth now, because as adults, we can yeah. continue on with that's that. Right. Yeah, yeah. You go from meeting to meeting. Exactly. Yeah. And yeah. you know, after a while, you just go into mm -hmm. default mode of yeah. okay, I'm just going to kind of do what I have to do. Mm -hmm. But in order to fully give your best self and to be yeah. genuine and, and to give 100% of your creativity, of, your, of yeah. your thoughts, because each one of us has something to give wherever we are. Um, yeah. And giving, us, giving ourselves that, that time. And, and again, I, I go back to it's, it's just a gift to yourself mm -hmm. um, so that you can then give to others. And so yeah. really teaching that, um, not only for teachers, but at home, you know, and, and really making that something of just, you know, I always use the word Selah. That's, that's the word mm. that for me, yeah. like, you know, if someone says, Lonnie, do you need a Snickers? I was like, yeah, and I need, <laughs> <laughs> I need a Selah. I need yeah. to take in everything that's around me um, in terms of what am I seeing? What am I feeling? Mm. What am I smelling? You know, all of those allowing my senses to be completely just bunkered yeah. down and focused on that. Um, mm. and then really being able to take some time to take that in and process mm. it. So then I can then move forward and just give the best of me. You're, this is by far, I think, in all these conversations I've been having about this, you're giving such really practical things to do. And I'm like, I'm coming up with a list of <laughs> taking a deep breath, but so I, I'm hearing you start with self-awareness, recognize yeah. the trigger, recognize the cue, which that alone, if that's, if, if that was a goal, of a kid or a, a family or a teacher to work on that for a month or two, that'd be so amazing. But I, I know, oftentimes we're not we're not paying attention to um, to the to the trigger to the feeling. It just comes up really quickly, instantly, and I would say uh, across the country, the, the the predominant response to that is to pick up your phone and to and to start doing something. Yeah. Just give maybe in the closing comments, like this idea of being present compared to being on a phone, like what's, right. what are your thoughts on that? So it's so funny you bring that up because our phone is like our security blanket. Yeah. You know? It's like for everybody. Totally. Yep. <laughs> um, but it's, it's being able to step away from that because I mean, we're always constantly like, you know, you just feel that push. Um, being able to step away and only use it when you really need it. You know, like what, again, what is the purpose of the phone? Yeah. And if you feel that itch, why, yeah. why am I, why am I reaching for that? You know, yeah. you know, and so instead of just doing, again, going to that default mode, mm. stop for a second. 
what's the purpose behind mm. this? Am I using this to cover up something else that yep. I don't want to deal with, that I don't right. want to think about? Um, or is it because I really need to talk to somebody? Yeah. Um, and then that part of just, we also sometimes seek out technology for information. Why not talk to another person about that mm. versus yeah. going straight to that phone to look it up? Um, yeah. And so those are those would be the things that I would encourage mm-hmm. um, families can start doing now of have like a no phone period yeah. of time yeah. to say, you know what, between these hours, no technology, no phone yeah. um, and see what we can come up with mm. outside of that. Mm-hmm. That's reading, that's playing a, right. a, a game. Um, you know, one of the things I was thinking about is that when kids are young, they, they have their little tea sets or, or they'll, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> they'll yeah. just kind of do that mock play. Yeah. Um, but that in itself is acting out social skills and being able to do mm. that again, just those those basic fundamental, mm-hmm. um, just one-on-one time, face-to-face moments yeah. will yeah. translate over into school, will translate over to sports. Mm. Um, but it, it means that you have to make a conscious decision to say, you know what, I'm going to take away from the substitute of the phone and seek out who is those who are around me and really yeah. engage. Awesome. Lonnie, we can talk for hours because you have such great, quick under, like ways to engage these really meaningful things about our life. But I want to say thank you for being a part of this. And thanks for our new friendship. Looking forward to what where this goes. And, um, and especially as you've got two or three weeks left of school, uh, man, yeah. feel the burn. <laughs> Keep going <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> and get all the rest that you need and deserve this summer. Uh, because we're going into uh, a new season in the fall when kids go back to school that they're going to need us, the adults, to be absolutely rested, centered, surrendered on our A-game. So yeah, thank you for that. And that's me wishing you well. Well, thank you. And thank you so much for the opportunity. I love everything that you're doing with you school and just the mission and the drive that you have. So thank you so much for having me. There are a series of questions that are crucial for every young person to answer in order for them to be fully prepared to make the best decisions for their future, but they rarely get the chance to even think about these questions. One of the most common conversations we have with kids is about their future, and it's not actually helpful. We always ask, what do you want to do when you grow up? What do you want to be when you grow up? And maybe it's an interesting question to us, but it's rarely helpful. Typically, it just creates anxiety and more confusion, and we like to finish that conversation with a nice little lecture. but it doesn't give them clarity and confidence like we hope. So what's a better way to help them? That's what we want. Well, we put together a free mini course for students. It's called When You Get Older. And with just a few simple reflection exercises, we're gonna guide them to consider who they wanna be someday, not just what they wanna do. It's a much, much more helpful starting point, And it's a conversation that could be started in the course and continue for years to come. It's really simple to get started and free. I'm not sure if I mentioned that. Just click the link in the bio, share it with your kid, and we'll take it from there.